today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. The Holy Spirit is working at both ends. He's working on those who gave the prophecy. And He's working on those who are preaching the Word. And those who are hearing the Word. See, it's not a matter of merely teaching a lecture preaching. It's a matter of something divine happening. Something spiritual happening. Something in the spirit realm where the Holy Spirit quickens the eyes of people to see. And quickens the hearts of people to believe. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet. There has never been and never will be another book like the Bible. It is inspired by the creator of life, the giver of grace, and the savior of our souls. In its pages, we learn how to have a relationship with the one true God. We see His hand at work throughout the ages and ultimately His heart for mankind in the giving of His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. In today's message, Pastor Ed examines the story of salvation as it is weaved throughout Scripture and comes to fruition in Jesus Christ. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. going to be a greater than David, a greater than Moses, and yet he was going to suffer. And it was difficult to put those two components together, those two pieces together. How did it all fit together? These prophets had a future revealed to them that they didn't fully understand. Well, let me illustrate it this way. The songwriter of the Old Testament was David. His psalms were the Israelites' hymns. They would sing the psalms. Now, David had produced many psalms that were sung in the temple and sung in worship. Picture with me one day, David turning in the manuscript. And here's the song that you're to sing. Here's the worship that you're to sing. Listen to just some of the words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. A band of evil men have encircled me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. Here comes the director of music. David, some of your other songs, man, they were a hit. That 23rd Psalm, that's off the charts. David, Psalm 27, man, that was great. David, this latest song that you've written, I don't know, maybe... We should send it to the editors or something. David said, no, no, no. This is what God gave me. But David, when did they ever pierce your hands and your feet? Uh, David, when did they ever sit around and start gambling for your garments? 
David, when did you feel so parched like you were dying? I can't explain it. But I was in the spirit. And God just gave me this song to sing. And we're to sing it in our worship. One day we may understand what it means. One day our eyes may be open. One day the people will understand. It would take nearly a thousand years before they understood. Isaiah the prophet speaks of Messiah in the second half of his book. And again, Isaiah's ministering 740 to 700. It would be over 700 years before Jesus would come. And yet, when he speaks, he talks about him being wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed despised and rejected of men, a man acquainted with sorrows. Isaiah didn't fully understand what he was writing, but he wrote it because God was speaking to him. It was Peter W. Stoner and Robert C. Newman who wrote a book called Science Speaks. This book was a compilation of the probabilities of the prophecy of the Messiah coming to pass. And they looked at 60 major prophecies. They said that for eight, just eight of those prophecies to happen, the chances were one in 10 to the 17th power. In other words, that's one with 17 zeros after it. Just eight of them. God spoke to the prophets for telling the coming of Messiah before it ever happened. And what Peter is doing is he's looking back into the Old Testament. He's reaching back into the Old Testament and he's saying, God spoke to them prophetically. Uh, God spoke to them of a grace that we were to receive. God spoke to them of the sufferings of Christ. 700 years later, Outside of Jerusalem, the first Gentile convert on record was saved. Uh, He was in a chariot, and Philip the evangelist heard the Lord talk to him, and he said, Philip, go beside him and speak to him. And let me read it right from the book of Acts. The Spirit told Philip, go to the chariot, stay near it. Philip ran up to the chariot, heard a man reading Isaiah the prophet, Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said. Unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shearer is silent. He was reading the prophecy of Isaiah. And then Philip opened to him the scripture and explained that this was Jesus, the one who suffered and died and was crucified in Jerusalem and who rose from the dead, that this was the promised Messiah. And there, this Ethiopian eunuch 
a man of great standing in the kingdom, was saved. The first Gentile, an African, a black man. Now the Italians would come later, Acts chapter 10. (laughs) But here, this man heard the prophecy and was saved, and his life was changed. And what Peter was saying as he spoke to the churches of Asia Minor, what is now Turkey, the prophecies, the message of salvation by grace was all predicted and all foretold, and you are the recipients of it. Hallelujah. And you and I are the recipients of it. We understand what Isaiah only saw dimly. We understand what Abraham only comprehended vaguely. We have seen and we have understand and we have believed the message of salvation foretold for millenniums. That's what Peter is saying. Hallelujah. It's something to be excited about. He told of the sufferings of Christ, but he also told of the glory of Christ. He foretold the glory of Jesus when he said that Jesus would rise from the dead, when he would ascend to heaven, when he would sit at the right hand of the Father, when he would come back a second time, when he would rule eventually as King of kings and Lord of lords. If the prophecies were right the very first time, they are going to be right the second time as well. If they were fulfilled to the minutest detail, they will be fulfilled again. That's our hope. Peter is saying, listen, you may be going through suffering now. You may be going through hard times now. It may be difficult for you now, but you have a life ahead of you. You have an eternal life. And just as Jesus first wore a crown of thorns before he had a crown of gold, so every believer has to wear a crown of thorns first in this present world before he receives that glorious crown that will cast out the feet of the Savior. See, that's the promise that through this time of suffering and trial, we could hold on. Now, he, he says it again because throughout his book, he's going to bring us back again and again to this point. He's writing in verses 12 to 13 of chapter 4. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you are participating in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. That's the promise we have. In Philippians, Paul writes of Christ, Therefore God exalted Him to the highest place and gave Him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the exalted one. I like the way Matthew Henry said, Christ is not only the Savior, but salvation itself. The people in the Old Testament would come into this covenant relationship with Yahweh, become a part of the nation of Israel, whether they were proselytes, whether they were considered God-fearers. But salvation is in Jesus alone. There is no other name given unto men whereby we must be saved. His name is our salvation. His name is our hope. His name secures our eternal destiny. That was what Peter was saying. He had heard the message, the greatest story ever told, 
the great salvation that God has given to us. Uh, This was also a prophetic revelation. It was a prophetic message, to be sure. But it was a prophetic revelation. In 1 Peter 1.12, it says, It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves. But you... Now he's talking to his audience. So he's saying, Jeremiah, Isaiah, David, the others, when they were speaking, they were not serving necessarily their own generation at that moment, in that time, in that prophecy, but they were serving a generation yet to come. And here's the key to that in this application for us. The revelation of their service to us. It says in verse 12, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, but you, but you. When they spoke of these things, as we mentioned with Cyrus, 150 years following Isaiah, God raises Cyrus up and he would bless the Jewish people. And as far as we know from history, Cyrus was never a believer, but God just used him. God will use amazing things to bless you. Uh, He'll use people that don't even know the Lord to bless you. Uh, That's the way God is. God does incredible things as he orchestrates the events of our lives. But what this text says is there is some service that we can render to God that we will not see the results in our lifetime. They were serving you. This past week, I've been pondering our church history, thinking about our journey as a church, because I often go back and think about different things and and pray over and just meditate. And I was thinking about Ira Elliott. Very few people in the congregation would know Pastor Ira Elliott. But he came here in the 50s and brought his family. It was a giant step of faith when this large family moved into this tiny small home and when they took this church it was just a handful of people and then God just blessed and it was a giant step of faith when they moved from Market Street right next to the library to Hooker Avenue and they built a huge church on Hooker Avenue it is a beautiful church much larger than what they had now I don't think Pastor Elliot ever would have known, or the congregation would have ever known, we're going to have a Christian school one day. Not only will we have a Christian school, it's going to go all the way up to high school. Uh, we're going to have a missions program one day that's going to touch the four corners of the earth. Uh, there's these events that are, they couldn't even perhaps fathom that. But they were not only serving their generation, they were serving a future generation. What we are doing as we move to Casperkill, as we are taking this step of faith, it's not only for us, it's beyond that. It's for a people that we may never know. It's for a people that perhaps we may never meet. I don't know how long it will be before the Lord returns. It could be tomorrow. It could be 50 years from now. But I know this. He gives you the opportunity to serve future generations 
by walking by faith, by living by faith, by sacrificing by faith. And what we do now has impact beyond our lives if our Savior would tarry. To think about not just the moment in Isaiah realizing, wait a minute, God, I don't understand this. And God says, you don't have to, Isaiah. Uh, David, I don't fully understand this song that God gave me. You don't have to, David. I, I don't understand fully what you're saying. Don't worry, just obey. Just simply listen. They were serving future generations. I think about this prophecy that was given in the form of the gospel. That's what it says in the text, verse 12. Look with me at the text again. The revelation of the gospel. It's a revelation that God gives. We're not only serving the future, they were not only serving in the future, but it's a revelation. And that's a key word. The things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you, notice, by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Just camp on that. The Holy Spirit gave Isaiah that prophetic word. The Holy Spirit gave David that prophetic word. The Holy Spirit gave and inspired that prophetic message that they didn't fully understand. The same Holy Spirit that gave it to them is the Holy Spirit that has to help us understand what they wrote. When God opens our eyes and opens our heart to see and to believe, a transformation takes place. And so what Peter is saying is the Holy Spirit is working at both ends. He's working on those who gave the prophecy and he's working on those who are preaching the word and those who are hearing the word. See, it's not a matter of merely teaching a lecture preaching. It's a matter of something divine happening, something spiritual happening, something in the spirit realm where the Holy Spirit quickens the eyes of people to see and quickens the hearts of people to believe reading this book is not like reading any other book. Imagine Shakespeare writing his plays and writing things and just suddenly think, what did I write there? I don't understand that. Or Longfellow. This Bible is so, so unique. Now, I could read the biography of Winston Churchill or one of our presidents, and I can understand what I'm reading. But when I read this book, I need more than just the understanding of its grammar and more than the understanding of its historical context. I need the breath of God to breathe on me, to open up the eyes of my understanding. And what's so exciting, if you look at the text, what happens? It says, even angels long to look into these things. That word, long to look, is the same Greek phrase that's used of the disciples, Peter and John, when they run to the tomb, and there Jesus had been resurrected, and they don't know, and so they peer in and they look into the tomb to see the angels are looking down from heaven, trying to see and understand 
this wonderful plan of salvation. Because the more they understand the plan of salvation, the better they understand the heart of the Creator. They learn about God by looking about at His actions and what He's done and how He's doing things in this present world. Even the prophets. It says that they carefully, intently studied. Listen, I I think we should all have one of those promise boxes. They're good. You know, a promise of the day. You take out a scripture. Oh, that's that's good. But we have to have more than that. We got to study the book. If the prophets who wrote the book had to study it, how much more do you and I have to study what the scriptures say? Because the scriptures have the power and the life to change us, to redeem us, to, to make us more and more like the Savior. See, this gospel is powerful. It's explosive. When it comes into a person's life, their life is forever, ever changed. And Peter's rejoicing about our great salvation. This salvation is so much. If you suffer, if you go through trials, if whatever the situation is your salvation is the greatest gift that you could have it's better to do without everything in this present world and have your salvation because what does it profit amen what does it profit us if we gain the whole world but lose that which is most important our salvation here's the passage of scripture tucked away in the book of Romans in the last chapter Now to him who is able to establish you by my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past. Abraham, you're going to bless the the nations. How's that going to happen? Isaiah, the Messiah is going to suffer. What does all of that mean? David, pierce my hands. and What is that, Lord? The mystery hidden for long ages, but now, now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all nations might believe and obey Him. See, this book is about a relationship with God. This book is about a transformation that takes place when a person receives their salvation. Now, salvation shouldn't be trifled with. We shouldn't take it lightly. For salvation to really impact our lives, we have to get in it with everything we have. Not just at a distance, but go into the depths of the Word. And go into the depths of that relationship with God. So it's not just a Sunday morning thing. It's not just an occasional thing that we hear. But it's something that lives inside of us. It's something that motivates us. It's something that drives us. It's something that captivates us. Because we're thinking about an eternal inheritance that we will one day have. And as Jesus is glorified in heaven, we will see that. And we will be partakers with Him forever ever and ever. It really will be worth it all. It really will be worth it all. Hallelujah.
The book of 1 Peter reminds us that persecution is a part of each Christian's life. Jesus himself faced great opposition in his time, yet he never let it sway his position. As Pastor Ed has reminded us here on Building in Faith Radio, we can learn from Jesus' example and even draw strength from him when the world is turning against us. Jesus is our rock and our comforter and will always be with us. Pastor Ed Jones will continue teaching through the book of 1 Peter on the next edition of Building in Faith. But you can find more messages right now by visiting our website, buildinginfaithradio.com. Be sure to visit our homepage as well, where you will be greeted by a daily scripture and some exciting events coming up for us here at Faith Assembly. We know how important finding a home church is to the Christian walk. And if you've not yet found that for your own life, why not join us? We'd be honored to meet you and share a time of worship and Bible study with you. We gather together each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and again on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Location information and directions are on our website. That address again is buildinginfaithradio.com. As our time with you comes to a close today, we'd like to remind you that you are a child of God and you are valuable to Him. He is there for you always and will answer when you call on Him. May your journey with God be blessed. Pastor Ed will return soon for more from the book of 1 Peter on the next edition of Building in Faith. Your word restores and heals, transforms, rebuilds, and it makes a way that we can be building in faith, building in faith. Everybody wins when a leader gets better. Absolutely everyone. The stakes of leadership are sky high. Everyone has influence. Come to the Global Leadership Summit on August 10th and 11th and learn skills to help you lead transformation in your community. The summit features leaders like Bill Hybels, Sheryl Sandberg, Andy Stanley, and more. Experience the summit at Faith Assembly, Casper Kill Campus, Poughkeepsie, August 10th and 11th. Register at willowcreek.com summit and use the priority code radio, willowcreek.com summit.